Well, hello and God bless you. Welcome to BlankCouragesYou.com, where we are here to bring you the word of the Lord to encourage you to stay on the wall for the Lord. My name is Blend, and I certainly do count it an honor and a blessing to be here with all of you on this episode number 72 of our podcast. Well, BCU family, we are back with our Nehemiah study. We are up to chapter 9, and I tell you there are some lessons that we are going to take away from this. So please go ahead and take this time to get your Bibles, get your notebooks, something to write with, a snack, and settle on in. Blaine encourages you, is coming to you with the wilderness experience. That's what's coming up next. All right, BCU family, we are back with our Nehemiah study, and it has truly been a blessing. It's also been a challenge. Yes, indeed, but we thank God for it. We thank God for the challenge, and as we apply his word, we become more like him, and we are grateful for that. So we're going to hop into the wilderness experience in just a little bit. What I'd like to do very briefly is just chat about some of the things that we've covered over the course of our Nehemiah study. So right out of the gate, we talked about overcoming people approval. We also talked about the importance of gated living, what to do when we're attacked on the wall, when we just get tired of working on the wall, and then once we're refreshed in our spirits, how to get back to work on the wall. We also talked about how to confront someone um, that is working with you, and you've got to have that tough conversation. We chatted about how to lead or govern people versus boss or manage them. So we talked about that and how in leading people, we can motivate folks to finish the work that needs to be done. Now, with the project being complete, being that the wall was all taken care of, there's some other important learning points like gatekeeping. We talked about that in Nehemiah chapter 7 and then preparing to apply God's word in Nehemiah chapter 8. So that brings us up to Nehemiah chapter 9 as the people continue to reflect on the word of God and what he's done and who he is in their lives and who they are to him. So what we're going to do is take a look at some of the verses in Nehemiah chapter 9. Let's set up the scene before we get into it. So in Nehemiah chapter 9 verses 1 through 5, this was a time of reading the law. So we have the Bible now. At that time, it was just the law. And it was also a time of confessing sins, worship, and reflection. As the Israelites recall the time that they were in Egypt, they recall God's protection his mercy, and his provision while wandering in the wilderness. They also reflect on their actions as well. So BCU family, for this particular chapter, what we're going to do is just chunk out 
the verses. And what I mean by that is, is that typically I'll read through verse by verse and then, you know, comment along the way. And what we're going to do is uh, do a synopsis of a chunk of the verses and comment from that way. That's going to help in the way of time. And it's also, I'm hopeful, going to encourage you to actually go through and read Nehemiah chapter 9 for yourselves. So again, we won't leave anything out. It's going to be more of a chunking and a synopsis and some commentary um, as the Lord has given it to me. See you family as we take a look at verses 6 through 15 in Nehemiah chapter 9. I just want to start um, with a little bit of verse 5, the last part of verse 5. And I love this, how the Lord was just being blessed and praised. Listen to this. Stand up and bless the Lord your God forever and ever. And blessed be thy glorious name, which is exalted above all blessing and praise. So that right there just puts you in a mode to just give God just complete and total praise, glory, and honor. And that's what the Israelites started to do uh, with verse number six. So what they did was say, you know what, Lord? You are Lord alone. You know, you've made heaven. You've made the heaven of heavens with all of the stars and the earth and all things that are in the seas, everything, and you preserve them all. You are the Lord that chose Abraham and brought him forth out of Ur and changed his name. So he was Abram at first, and you changed his name to Abraham. And you found his heart faithful, and you made a covenant to give him land and to multiply his seed. The Israelites go on to recall how the Lord saw the affliction of their forefathers in Egypt and heard their cry by the Red Sea. And how the Lord showed signs and wonders upon Pharaoh and all of his servants. Pharaoh was so very hard-hearted, but through Moses, Pharaoh saw the hand of the Lord. He saw with all the plagues and everything, Pharaoh saw that. His servants saw that. On top of that, on top of that, the Lord divided the sea before the Israelites and really before Pharaoh. It was amazing how the Israelites could walk on dry land, how the Lord parted the sea and used that same sea to drown their persecutors. On top of that, the Lord led them and them meaning the Israelites' forefathers by day with a cloudy pillar and by night using a pillar of fire to give the Israelites light in the way so that they knew exactly where to go. And then the Lord also took the time to speak from heaven and gave the Israelites right judgments, true laws, good statutes, and commandments. And the Lord went on to give them bread from heaven for their hunger, brought forth water out of the rock for their thirst, and promised them that they would go in and possess the land which the Lord promised to give them. So BCU family, this takes us up to verse number 15. And as we pause here, you know, this is wonderful, isn't it? 
I mean, look at all the things that God had done. And as we pause here, you know, can we name the times that God saw us through on our oppression, our sickness, depression, joblessness, family situations, whatever it was, think about how God and God alone delivered us from those situations, how he took care of the enemy for us. And even in the midst of the tribulation, the hard time, the grief, the pain, he provided us with spiritual food, a word to perhaps refresh, correct, redirect, and encourage us along with natural food to strengthen our bodies. God is great and he is greatly to be praised. All right, BCU family, so I'm sure you're rejoicing. Guess what? There is a but. Yes, as we go back into Nehemiah chapter 9, verse number 16, it starts with but. So let's see what happened here. Nehemiah's people read that their ancestors dealt proudly and hardened their necks and hearkened not to those commandments that the Lord had given them. So let's stop right here for a moment and talk about hard necks. That means stubborn and not leadable. Let's break that down a little bit further. So back at that time, um, typically uh, plowing was done and it was done with oxen. And what would happen was two oxen would do the plowing and the plow master had what was called an ox goad to help steer the animal in the direction that he wanted it to go in. Now an ox goad was a light pole that had a bit of a spike on it and it was used to prick the animal on his neck to either speed him up or to help that oxen stay or go into a straight line. If the oxen didn't obey, if he didn't respond to that little prick on the neck, he was labeled as stiff-necked or hard-necked. And that's what we typically call hard-headed. At least that's what my parents used to say to me. You are hard-headed. So really it's hard-necked. <laughs> so in thinking about this, all right, the Israelites had been in bondage and captivity and they were free once again. And looking back over all of the blessings and the provision that God had actually given, he's now dealing with a prideful, stiff-necked group of people who refused to obey his commandments. So we're probably saying in our hearts, oh, the nerve of them. Did we not just go over everything that God has done? And, and, and really, they don't want to follow God's directions? Is that what we're saying in our hearts? Yeah, not so fast, BCU family. Now, before we judge the Israelites too harshly, let's put ourselves in their place. Now, two paragraphs ago, <laughs> we were rejoicing about how God blessed us through our turbulent, stressful, and crying times. How quickly, after God has heard our cry on something, did we walk in disobedience? 
Mm. Did we deal with God in our pride? Maybe refusing to give him glory for something that he did? Have we touted our denominational pride rather than humbling ourselves and thanking God for saving us and lovingly witnessing to others? Have we not asked God for help trying to do things on our own? That's all prideful. Did we uh, not hearken to God's commandments regarding handling a particular situation at work or at home in the way that he would want us to do it? Did he command us to hold our peace? In other words, just to keep quiet. But instead, um, we said what we wanted to say because it needed to be said. Yeah, that's not hearkening to his commandments. And also, BCU family, um, how stiff were our necks when God reminded us to love our neighbors? And neighbors include co-workers, that, you know, nasty little cashier um, who didn't treat us nicely, strangers, as ourselves. Did we treat or love our neighbors as ourselves? Did we heed the urge to help them or to say a kind word? Did our necks stiffen when we were prodded to stop and pray, to read our word? Or did we tell God, but I'm going to be late. Just let me answer this call or take care of this first, Lord. Or I'll just read the word later. Yes, these are just a few of the ways that we mimic the Israelites, whether it's intentional or not. Once we recognize the areas that we have not surrendered to God completely, that's our opportunity, BCU family, to do just that. That's what the Word of God is designed to do, is to correct us. We don't have to continue walking contrary to what God's Word says. That's why He came. That's why he died for us, took all of our sins and nailed them to that cross, making an open show of them triumphantly. And when we have the Holy Ghost down on the inside, according to Acts 2.38, we have the power of the Holy Spirit to help us yield, to help us to yield to what God says, to do what he wants us to do and how he wants us to do it. The goal is, BCU family, that we are working to be more like him. Amen? You know, BCU family, what is so awesome about our God is, is that he gives us time, space, and opportunity to be transformed to his likeness because he is so loving and so merciful. So in our upcoming post and podcast, what we're going to do is take a look at that mercy. We're going to take a look at the remainder of Nehemiah chapter 9. We'll look at how the people of God realized how far off the mark they were from listening to what God said and following his commandments. We'll look at the magnitude of God's mercy. And we'll also take a look at the results of willful disobedience. So I'm looking forward to that podcast and post, and I trust that you are as well.
In the meantime, we would love to hear from your BCU family in terms of what you took away from this particular post and podcast. So we chat through Nehemiah chapter 9 verses 1 through 16. What stood out for you? Please let us know by leaving us a comment in the designated area located on the blankcouragesyou.com site. Now, if it's your first time here, or if you've been listening and reading and haven't done so, please go ahead and subscribe to the blankcouragesyou.com site. It is free, and it is a good place to get the encouragement, inspiration, and information that you are looking for, and it's all based on the Word of God. Additionally, you can see what we're up to on the daily, so you can go ahead and check us out on Facebook, on Twitter, and on Instagram. And we also have a weekly segment on YouTube called The Word of the Week. And again, that's all under the moniker, Blend Encourages You. Finally, you can listen in and subscribe to the podcast on Stitcher Radio, Google Play, and on iTunes. All right, BCU family. So this is Blend from BlendCouragesYou.com. We're going to go ahead and sign off momentarily, but not before saying thank you. We appreciate each and every one of you and your prayerful support. It truly does encourage us as we encourage you. So Lord will, until the next time that we're together, may God bless you, keep you, make his face to shine upon you, and give you peace, and give us all unstiff necks as we stay on the wall. God bless you, everybody.